yeah, eight singles players usually don't win ETC. Hello everyone, this is another episode of Enter the Matrix and for Route to WTC this time we already, well, again, have Nathan with me, so hello, Nathan waved his hand to you if you are listening on a, oh, <laughs> cool, great man. So uh, today we are, we are supposed to have already an episode about pods and our takes, takeaways from that one, but someone from another podcast forgot to press record so we talked to each other for one and a half hours so we decided let's not repeat that one maybe that one will get recorded tomorrow hopefully but today we want to touch on the team usa lists and how we want to talk about them is actually go through every army talk what we find interesting in those lists what are like the tech choices what is a specific choice that, for example, they made that we wouldn't have made, and then talk what are the roles of an army in the team setting, because teams is always about how you build your team composition. So each army has a purpose, and we will try to touch on it without also spilling some of our own secrets that <laughs> I have from Team Poland and Nathan has from Team England. We'll try sure. to not say those so fingers crossed that won't happen how are you nathan by the way i am fantastic thanks for having me again so uh maybe let's just get straight to it let's not prolong it i'll share my screen maybe it will not be too scuffed and can you see it and for the listeners i'll be also talking about the lists so don't worry that much about it I want to make sure that you also have know what, what we are talking about. But the first army we have here is Anthony Vanellas, fellow stat checker list of Chaos Space Marines. And it starts with the Abaddon, the despoiler, Cypher, 10 cultists, 10 terminators, uh, two forge fiends with three ectoplasmas. Two times four of the iterators. And I think what's worth mentioning here, we have corn terminators, Nergul, Forge Fiends, one of and both of iterators are undivided. And then we have a small detachment of flame, two times three flamers and one blue scribes. So what do you say about this army? Is there something unorthodox when it comes to choices, maybe like marks or anything? Or so the CSM list, a lot of them are pretty similar. Some of them were either you picked the, the Terminator squad or you didn't. Um, obviously, everyone has Baden. Scythe is super useful. He adds Vect. Oh, sorry, add, get, add, add an additional CP to a, to a That strategy. rule is extremely powerful nowadays. Yes, yeah. That is, in certain matchups, is super useful. We, we kept having a discussion as a team. Some people were saying, oh, it's not that useful. And I'm like, it is massive in certain games. So, yes, and it is a point worth noting that if you have an ability that zeroes the cost of a stratagem, 
yeah. it's per zeros, then it is increased by one CP. So even if you had one CP strat, you will st still pay one CP. But if you had like say three CP strat, you would pay one CP for it. So mm -hmm. it means there is no free strats if you use Vect on something specific. Yeah, so if you end up playing something like Tyranids and they've got a high turret, you use double feel no pain, it now costs you three CP. If you're Eldar, if you want to Phantasm, it's now costing you multiple CP, which Eldar maybe not too bad because they generate a lot of CP, but they're not too bad. Cypher obviously being a lone operative, also for a list that predominantly is not fantastic at scoring, it does allow you to have, like, he's got a couple of lone ops in the army, the other one being Blue Scribes. Um, Cultist mob, just useful back screening, front screening, just actually pretty Cheapest good. Cheapest unit you can have. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so the Terminator squad. The Terminator squad is a bit of a choice. Um, when you take it, it's good in combat. Against the armies that can't push it back, it allows you to be aggressive, and it's very good for taking primary, especially, and it also gives you that unit to put a bad in. Uh, I believe because Abaddon's got all the strats, it allows all the marks. them. Yes, all the, the marks. marks yeah, that's yeah. the main so thing. So that's the I think main thing for that squad is actually you become Nergal and then you can become untargetable against shooting armies if they are shooting you out of twelve. Correct me yes. if I'm wrong. That is correct. Yeah. So that one is really powerful into specific matchups. Mm -hmm. With. So he's gone for corn. so them themselves are actually quite good in combat. Uh, so there's a couple of choices here that I can see why he's done them, but I would also be interested to know why he didn't. So he's got, if we look at it as a whole, got two Forge Fiends, both Nurgle, two Obliterators, both Undivided. Now I'm assuming the both the Blitz are Undivided so they can Deep Strike independently of Abaddon. So they don't need to be within six of him to get the full rerolls. So when they actually, if you want to deep strike them in, which predominantly obliterates to deep strike, because you can drop in indirect if you need to, uh, and they just rinse most things that they shoot at. And imagine that's why he's gone for double undivided. I would normally maybe see one undivided forge fiend, one nurgle forge fiend, one undivided obliterators, one nurgle obliterators, just so it gives you that ability to put strats on certain ones. Uh, but I'd imagine he's playing pretty deep with the Forge Fiends to then hold the table, deep strike the Blitz, probably sets up the Terminators. Or Rapid Ingress, the Forge yes. Fiends as well. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Forge Fiends do a bucket of damage. Those Ectoplasms are when they really pop off and just start using hazardous weapons. They just really start doing a lot of damage. Nurgle Strat obviously gives them more damage more of the time. Uh, undivided obviously gives you that amazing strap, which is four reels to hit, four reels to wound. Or one CP, which is, CP. I think, the best strat in the game after Phantasm. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah. It's silly. And exploding sixes for everything else as well. Yeah. Um, then you got the standard flamer allies. Got two units of flamers. Again, movement nine, advance. Pretty good at getting onto things. They're nice little cheap things to go and do secondaries. Main one being Blue Scribes, Lone Operative. Moving 12 Lone Operative, very, very handy. If I'd imagine you can't really find it anywhere, it would have been nice to upgrade a Flamer unit to the Changeling. Again, another Lone Operative who is arguably the one of the better Lone Operatives because if you get within 12, 
you can turn off your shooting potentially. But I've had that. But there might be an sticks. argument that flamers can actually kill a chaff unit if need be. That too. And that too. and start fighting against chaff on, on like a fringe part of the battlefield where you cannot mm -hmm. allow yourself to spend resources like terminators or obliterators to kill that unit. So there's yeah. some reasoning to that. Mm -hmm. Sure. And when it comes to teams, I think this army is where we would talk about armies being placed in that 6th, 7th, 8th spot, which is army you you consider when you already used up the, all the top armies. So it has some uses, and I think it requires a little bit of babysitting in, in the pairing process. And mm -hmm. that's, that's a problem for it, but I think every army from that 6, 7, 8th requires babysitting in the process or gets Eldard and it doesn't matter. But I think out of all the armies, I think Chaos Space Marines can have some play into Eldar mm -hmm. because of the indirect obliterator shooting that yeah. you, especially if you play against Eldar that do not have Wraith Knights and some teams opted for that, suddenly you can kill all the other Eldar units without much of an issue because like Forge Fiends are insanely good into Wraith Guard. Then yeah. you have obliterators, which are good into like avatars and stuff. And the only problematic unit is actually that one Wraith Knight that can also like overwatch, kill two obliterators using fade dice, and suddenly you lose a lot of damage output. So mm -hmm. I think this army, out of all the armies, is completely loses to GSC. It is just getting completely destroyed by GSC. Yeah. But, but, it is one of the armies that, if it gets put into Eldar, depending on the Eldar is, I can see this being as one of the better sacrificial fodders. For sure, yeah. We actually felt it was a lot higher on our list. We thought it was more like our fourth choice. We felt the damage output was so good to have into certain matchups. Um, again, just the ability of obliterators not going up in points, even having indirect. You have that capability of against some matches, you drop in. Kazars has more blitz and more shooting. We didn't actually go for the Terminators because the Terminators just didn't feel that useful into some of the other armies that just countercharge it. Um, we felt it actually had quite a lot of damage to go into certain matchups. Yeah, uh, so it can also like Reins Custodies, like if you get within that Melka range and yes. suddenly you have damage six shots. Custodies, they like they no. can spike those four up field pains, but still, if you kill enough of them, then you can even kill them in combat because obliterators have actually like decent damage profile in combat. It's nine yeah. minus two, two, and four attacks each. So, with like full rerolls and all of that, they can actually kill something. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think this army is good. It's not like insane level, but I can, its main issues are scoring. You do not have cheap units to score. You need to rely on killing your opponent to mm -hmm. get points. Anything else to add? Yeah, so it's predominantly a prey army. It does have the ability to smash people, but like you say, it maybe doesn't always push that differential because it can't score the cards at the same time, say like Eldar can or GSE can. You cannot allow yourself to perform an action with obliterators no, or a forge really. in most cases. No. So, yeah. So Otherwise, if we have, yeah. 
I think there is not that many choices in Chaos Space Marines overall. I think like the flex spot is actually whether you have Teramis or something else. Mm. And I, I think Teramis actually give more play into say like if you see guard armies, etc. Teramis change that sure. matchup a lot. So there sure. is something like that. And now the second army, I think this is nothing surprising. Uh, it's a regular GSC list. You have Biophagus with the infiltration that will join Aberrants that will be there later. Two Nexuses, three Primuses. I cannot remember which upgrade Prowling Agitant was. Um, but you also have Reductus Saboteur with Meticulous Planner. And from there on, you have three squads with four demolition charges and for uh, 70 hybrids with same smith cannons, 10 aberrants, and two ridge runners with mortars. So I think there's not much to say. This is like, I think, a choice that every GSC had, whether you go for more hybrids or you go for aberrants. And this is just a choice where each one of them helps a little bit in, in pairings. The one with more hybrids is. Or sorry, not hybrids. Uh, yeah, yeah, neophyte hybrids, not acolyte mm -hmm. hybrids. Neophytes, the one with more neophytes is better into mirrors, I think. Sure. Yeah. So there's a choice, but you probably still want to avoid GSC mirrors, if possible. Yeah. So uh, go on. I felt like the aberrant versions tended. To, I think I need to have a look at the things. I think most of the top teams took aberrant. Yeah, I, Aberrants give you like board presents, yes. which otherwise you do not have. So it it is a problem that certain armies can just, if they go very aggressively into GSC, can push mm -hmm. it off the board. And that sometimes I feel is like only play you can go against GSC is actually turn one, just rush them yes. and hope yeah. they don't kill you until till the end of the game. And you just push them off the board and push them off the scoring. And Aberrants can also help with that because they will just stop something in the middle of the board and they are really resilient. So mm -hmm. I think it's a choice. Do you have like some other insights about the army overall other than it is completely, absolutely fucking broken? Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. It does everything in every phase. They thankfully FAQ'd it to be not as bad coming up from blip markers, yeah. but... Abilities like the Aberrants being able to, if they want a rapid ingress and be three inches away, if your opponent makes one mistake, GSC is arguably one of the best armies to capitalize on people making mistakes. You can go from having, a, oh, I've put this in my matrix as maybe five, but I made two mistakes and now it's a zero. Like they are very good at pushing differential, very good at scoring, and they're playing with two. Two and a half thousand, three thousand points when everyone else is playing yeah. two thousand. And you have two so units no deep striking within three, and there's you cannot reliably screen against them. So a lot of armies actually have a lot of problems. I don't think there's much to talk about GC. There's not really any choices within the teams. I think all the teams either went with aberrants or no aberrants, and that's all. The remaining mm -hmm. choices are like little things, whether you have one laser ridge runner or both are mortars or whether you have only one mortar ridge runner, but that's like nothing super specific. That army 
as long as it doesn't play mirrors, I think it's fine. Mirrors become. Yeah. And you do not want to play Death Watch. No. But those... I so other other than playing mirrors and death watch, that army is actually good. There are probably some armies that can hold it to a score. Like Necrons yeah. can play for for a score against GSC. I think GSC have way higher scoring in Windrow system than in 20-0 system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But sure. because they will just push you off, play tactical objectives insanely well, and play primary insanely well as well. So in the teams, I think they will not be the highest scoring army within the team. I think it usually should be Eldar. Elder, but GSC give you the chance of upsetting a matchup from, as you said, 15-5 to surprisingly 20 nil because mm -hmm. someone didn't yeah. see something happen. Yeah, they kind of reliably 13 to 16 most armies. Again, there is a difference. Uh, Dark Angels actually give it a bit of a tough time. Those Terminators are obnoxious yeah. for them to deal with, but yeah, there's not many armies that openly want to go, oh yeah, I'll, I'll happily beat GSC. It's usually and, Marines and say Necrons who can be like, yeah, we can play that. Like Necrons yeah. are not great. It's also swingy. Like demo charges are at absolutely bonkers profile. I don't know yeah, what they yeah. like. I, I'm so happy that actually Custodies have bolters and those relic spears, not actual jackhammers and demolition <laughs> yeah. chargers, because then they would be unstoppable. So sure. I'm glad they didn't take those from mine. From mines, so yeah, I don't think there's much more to say about GSC. No, but on. now we've got the spicy one. Mm. Interesting so, choice, this one. So we have Grey Knights. This is another army that we would consider like the end of the spectrum. Like you're tacking them into something. Like they are supposed to have a role. So we have Brother Captain with Sigil of Exigence, which is correct me if I'm wrong. If you are targeted, you just scoot off. Yeah, yeah, that's the move six or deep strike, I think. It's I think you deep strike away. So you have yeah. Grandmaster, which says you can deep strike first turn. Yeah. Uh, Calder Drago, which gives you plus three to charge from deep strike. Yes. And then you have two times ten terminators with obviously Anchan and the Aptakari within the other squads. Mm -hmm. And you also have one of them has two incinerators. The other one also has two incinerators. But then you have 10-man Paladin squad, which yeah. with how they are worded when you actually build a unit, which is funny, you have five Psycanons in the 10-man, mm -hmm. not two Psycanons every five guys. And you have one guy with a banner, but they cannot resurrect compared to the regular Terminators. No. And then you have the regular allies from Imperium, which is Kalidus Assassin and the Exaction squad. So, yeah. Nathan, you want to go on this one? So this one's an interesting one. So from the couple of games I've played with it, uh, it's relatively tough because it's Terminators. But then again, you play into the more extreme shooting armies, it's not that tough. Or ex more extreme combat armies, not crazy tough. But the, the pros of this list, list massively rely on the mobility. It is the most maneuverable army in the game, I would argue. Uh, yeah, purely based on a deep striking perspective, it's very hard to tie the units down. At the end of every turn, you can pick up three units, which just so happens to be 1800 points of your army, um, and can deep strike them down. 
if you then walk in range of one unit, it can disappear again. Another unit can deep strike within three if it wants to, because uh, you've got the strat. Uh, one unit can deep strike turn one. So if you if you don't know its tricks and you don't play and screen correctly, it can actually capitalize on a lot of things. Its damage output is okay into certain things. It's not great at killing big tanks, big monsters. The strat for doing mortals is 2 CP, so it's kind of expensive. And again, you're still being strength 6. You're going to wound, say, a big knight on 6s, normal might knight on 5s. It's the damage output's a little bit lacking at times. Yeah, it's AP2 shooting is what AP1 on side cannons, so yeah, it's, like the damage output is not great. And I think it's worth mentioning the three inch deep strike specifically mentions your mm -hmm. movement phase, so you cannot do the rapid ingress, rapid ingress within three. Yeah, so there's little things like, uh, say for example, that unit that can deep strike effectively. I could move forward and go within range. That guy picks up his 10-man terminate squad, and because it's actually still that person's, the other opponent's turn, you could rapid ingress the same turn. So basically, it can be somewhere else. Say you've got, he's seen your card, I'll rapid ingress over to there, whatever. Uh, the Paladin squad's got okay shooting, six side cannons in there, and the brother captain gives you sixes uh, as an extra hit. But again, it's AP1, it's only strength eight. It's more for like infantry-based things. It will shoot up like a Death Watch squad or something like that. But again, with the amount of cover you have in this edition, my AP1 is just a bit not great. It's like negligible. Um, like yeah. Non-existent at times even. Uh, it's still got a lot of attacks. So running, even for something like Custodes, they don't necessarily want to run into a Terminator squad. It's not the yeah, easiest like thing. AOC... Minus one to wound on Paladin squad, suddenly you are wounding on fours and they have free up save against your attacks and you're not doing that much. And also, like, if you have shooting to kill only one Terminator, you know from previous edition that that one guy will just resurrect closer to you. Yep. Yeah. So, so pot shots are not effective. No. I think where the list kind of works is the Terminators are maybe tough enough. What I end up finding... I played a couple of games where I'm like, okay, I'll go aggro and try and kill stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is not really working. So then it's a case of, do I just basically, even if it's 10-man terminators with a character, go do a card, go do a primary. And it's kind of a little bit of a, you could possibly put it into games where you're going, I can get a draw out of this because it's just so maneuverable. I'll, I'll get the high end of my points for secondary cards. It's pretty good at holding primary. There's little tricks like the two terminator squads can bring models back. So you can put like nine dudes behind a piece of terrain, one on the objective. The first thing shoots, you lose one guy. Most things aren't killing a Terminator squad, a 10-man Terminator in one go. Yeah. So you kill one, and then you residue back onto the primary, you still have primary. There's things like that you can do with it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those, if you know its tricks, you can play it. It's not crazy scary, but don't know its tricks and make some mistakes, it'll capitalize and it can beat people. And it's very good at drawing, I imagine. Yeah. And I think there are also like a few things where Grandmaster gives you ignoring modifiers, which is a very mm -hmm. powerful ability. 
Uh, I don't know if it's Grandmaster or Drago. I'm sorry if I'm making a mistake. I think it was Grandmaster. Grandmaster also Grandmaster. gave you once per game free strat, not once per battle round, but once per game for them. So I'll check my Warhammer 40k app in the meantime to make sure that I didn't make a mistake. But continuing with my thought, they ignore any modifiers is insanely powerful. Yes, it's and very good now. Especially on the unit with 5-inch movement, if you get slowed down by a Night Spinner, suddenly you can actually try and do something. Mm -hmm. So there's there's that. And yeah, so it's Grandmaster that ignores modifiers. Yeah. So if something has minus 1 to wound, like say, I don't know, Wardens, mm -hmm. and they have also minus 1 to damage from a strat, suddenly you ignore all of this. So, like, yeah. Custodies can be killed by this unit. It's not <laughs> great. Like, it still is not great. But, like, you can try and fight them and scramble points against top armies like Custodies. <laughs> you are still gonna get wins by, like, Eldar or GSC. Yeah. Like, Eldar are just so happy when they see you. And also, I think Thousand Sons have slightly favorable pay ring because they have one CP 4-up in, up in low pain against Psyche. Which is just yeah. and dealing with Magnus is also not great unless you put that Grandmaster squad mm -hmm. and pop dev wounds because the other ones just can't really kill him. It's also the hazardous as well. So ten dudes, eleven dudes fighting, he's probably gonna take six mortal wounds. As far as I can remember, Grey Knights don't really have much in the way of mortal defense. I don't think they had a strat or anything. Yeah. So it's just like ah, oh, I charge in. 11 dudes fight, probably going to lose two dudes. Uh, yeah. Great. That's, and I get, and they get Fort Field of Pain against all those attacks. It's not great. Yeah. So I think it is meant to also play into some of the gun lines. I think it's mm -hmm. meant, like, I think it can play into Custodies for a draw, for yeah. example. I think it is. Do you have, like, any other pairings from your experience where you played? Uh, we didn't necessarily play it. I'd be interested to see what it's like into Death Watch. An interesting one. I would maybe give it to Death Watch. But it, again, it you kind of have to respect also, each moments other. into big breaks is just good also. If you can tie them down. If you can see them. If you can do... Yeah, it's one of those. Granted, you have the indirect, which helps a lot. But Terminators in cover, they're still probably yeah. getting a decent enough save. You're not, you're not killing that many. Uh, and he's bringing one back every... Uh, it's their command phase. It's not Eldar's previous double command phase, thankfully. Um, but yeah, it's it's a tricksy list, definitely. Um, but it's an interesting one to see. Most people wrote off Grey Knights. I know we did because they were just too expensive, and it just didn't feel like it was making. It was good enough to push certain other armies out because obviously, at the end, we'll go through what armies they maybe didn't take. That was interesting. But yeah, otherwise, it's a good list. And yeah, I, I think this list will be one of the most spied by the non-playing people mm. from the teams. So yeah. like you will have like four guys just watching over Jack Harpster yeah. and seeing how, how he plays it during the like pot phase, which will mm -hmm. be hilarious because I think some <laughs> of the people like Aussies or actually like Jack will have just a crowd of people watching them play. Probably, yeah. Which, which I think will be scattered by the other coaches saying that let those guys fucking play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, 
I think the other problem is if you have something to actually kill like Kali, this and exaction squad, suddenly this army needs to fight with 600 points units for markers, which is always not great. Yeah, and the other problem I found a little bit sometimes was while I had all the ability, cool abilities to deep strike and stuff, it was kind of like, oh, cool, I can pick up all three Terminator blocks. I'm like, cool, then I didn't score any primary because I didn't have any units on the board. So then it becomes, a oh, okay, I am going to maybe have to plonk 10 Terminators on an objective to get the five points yeah. that I need to get. But yeah, otherwise, yeah, it's pretty good. Now, another army, and I think this is another army with a completely different take. Which is Death Watch, where they have the regular captain, librarian with Phobos armor, which is an insane unit, by the way. If you put mm -hmm. it with infiltrators, 12 inch denial of deep strike combined with lone operative on a unit just tells GSC to fuck off. Yeah. Uh, and then you also have Watchmaster, <coughs> the regular one, which says, I can double off of moments once per game. Mm -hmm. 10 men Death Watch bets. The regular squad with thunder hammers and frag cannons and 10 desos five infiltrators that will probably be joined by that librarian another five infiltrators another five infiltrators so you can tell that they might be <laughs> taking into something really doesn't want to play gsc oh sorry gsc really doesn't want to play it yeah one land speeder to remove the cover benefits Mm -hmm. And they have two 10-man Proteus kill teams, which is, I think, the only team to bring Proteus kill teams. And you guys even mm -hmm. have Hellblasters, so there's yeah, like completely different right. takes. So Proteus kill teams compared to Deathwatch veterans are way pricier. They are 330 way instead pricier. of 100. Mm -hmm. and, but they have, in their squad, you have four Terminators and one bite guy. So you have a little bit more movement from that bite guy that can just mm -hmm. move around and actually get you more charge ranges, etc. And Terminators actually bring you way much, way more dam uh, survivability with your two up safe and three wounds for a plus invul. And they also shoot better because they have also cannons. Mm -hmm. So this is a choice. Uh, I'm not like very opposed to it. And then you have one Storm Speeder Hailstrike. Maybe what's your initial take on it? Because you also have like Hellblaster tech with guys shooting out on death, etc., which is also a lot of damage. So is the Hellstrike have you guys the... considered yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. Is the Hellstrike the plus one versus monsters, or is that the uh I think it's plus one, plus one to hit with blast? I think it is plus one AP, but I'm checking it right now. Yeah. So, because we played around with speeders, because I know Innis was using one with plus one versus monsters and tanks. Uh, but I can't remember which one's which. Yeah, there is just too many of them at this point. Oh, so thankfully, most of them. Speeder health strike abilities. Yeah, it's increase AP by one. That's the AP one. Cool. Fine. Yeah. Which is so, useful, yeah. what's your take on Proteus kill teams, which were in price of two Proteus kill teams, you can have three squads of Deathwatch vets. So yeah, that's that's kind of where we got to. It was kind of two Proteus kill teams is when is thirty veterans and you save sixty points. So it was just the. I think the main thing about this list is he didn't take um, the indirect unit. Yeah, which for 
what we found was actually because they have really good strats for Death Watch. They Plus were six inches good. of range. Yep. It changes so many breakpoints on the board, actually, if you play with it at least once. And the Anti-Infantry 2+, plus, you cannot sleep on that. You're playing to Wraith Guard bombs and go, I've gone for wounding on T7 with minus one to wound, to wounding on twos. Cool. If you had if you had both the speeders, which I think he does, so if you had the indirect, you could go minus one AP. Oh, there's an interesting thing now, obviously. You put your indirect at the top of a ruin, so they get plus one AP, but obviously the opponents in the bigger ruin, you put one model up one level and they don't get the extra AP. Because it just says if one model is above, yeah. then yeah, which is a weird ruling or weird dynamic of how that works. But yeah, it's good. Anyway, cool. so back to this list. The Proteus kill teams. They are very good. They obviously, they get the toughness five because the majority of models now are T5 with the bike and the yeah. Terminators. They've got some dudes with two-up saves, but obviously they're kind of the glass guys to die. The assault cannons are very good. Uh, how many fists do they? How many hammers do they have in those units? Is it? One, There's three chain one. fists, one terminator, thunder hammer. Yeah. Uh, so survivability is better, damage is better, but again, they are 130 points more than a standard veteran squad. We wanted a bit more board presence, but he also has quite a few. Veteran squads and Proteus kill team. So, yeah, this seems yeah. like with three infiltrator squads, I, I almost argue it's that maybe they're trying to be a bit more put forward with it because you can't put GSC against it. Yeah. It's, it's probably you can maybe push back CSM a little bit. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think like if you are faced with Elder, you're kind of okay with it. Like, you. Yeah. You have tools for it. Yeah, the Death Watch into Eldar is an interesting one because if you if you go blase and go super aggressive into it and start thinking, oh, I'll just roll over that army, you're badly mistaken. Death Watch actually has so quite the little hits to up anti infantry, especially exactly. you guys with like Hell Blaster, somebody exposes Rave Guard. Yeah, you decide. All okay, over. I'll take those hell blasters off the board and just. Yeah, yeah, things like that. Or it's actually, if you start running into it, if they've only got one wraith knight, you still don't want to get shot up and then hammered by a veteran squad. It's not fun. And if you start losing, if you have indirect or whatever, you can start picking up all the little squads, which quite a lot of people take. So, I'm not saying Death Watch beats Eldar, but Eldar armies have to respect it. Uh, it was one of those armies that once we started playing with it, after the meta seemed to shift a little bit away from just being all big tanks, this army started to flourish. Because when we first started testing it, and it was, oh, everyone's taking full Nid monsters, everyone's taking knights, everyone's taking triple Wraith knight, it was just like, oh, this army sucks. Because it just can't kill yeah. big things that easily. But when the meta shift, this was really good. This was really good. Yeah. I think in general, there's a reason why we have mostly Death Watch as a Marine army. Yes. Yeah. And this is no surprise. And they are obviously not playing in Gladius, so not mentioning that one, but all Death much. Watch played their own. And then for the next army, we have the regular Custodies. I What mm -hmm. I find interesting in their choices of Custodies, because it's regular double blade champion, double shield captain, two times nine men, Custodian guards, 
three times four men prosecutor squads and two times six men custodian wardens mm -hmm. every unit with vexilla to get that oc3 yes. so you obviously have two big blobs that can advance and charge with blade champions but you do not have trajan so if mm -hmm. opponent has slowdowns from indirect you suffer a lot more mm -hmm. than regular armies but you also get way more reach on both flanks than the regular list if you'd like just swapped one blade champion say for trajan mm -hmm. and they have less reliable chaff because prosecutors compared to exaction squads are okay. not as good but how, how do you think they will actually use this within the pay rings because i think custodies are something army that was taken by 32 out of 36 teams popular yeah this one in particular seems a little bit more aggressive because those 10 man squads are a lot harder to hide six wardens with a character hide in the little wtcls where you can't see them even from titanic units so the 10 man you can units... see the vexilla though no you can't depends how you model it because it's a flat it's a flat thing so it depends how the etc okay. wants the wtc wants to do that uh obviously people have got it cleared that they can angle the banner down because the, the the arm is a flat joint so it's an interesting yeah, one yeah that's up for debate um but yeah the 10 man blocks you can hide them in the 10 man runes kind of but any kind of angle especially if you're titanic you can actually start shooting them so it seems like you would have to go a little bit more aggressive double advance and charge does mean you can push them into the middle the only flaws with this list sometimes because he's given the assassins to the gray knights he hasn't got any lone ops which are quite useful for this list uh but the board presence and scoring is fantastic like the ability to just plonk yourself on an objective what's that even in the mirror, you can do that cool little trick where you, is it the, it's basically you can stop guard getting the full reels to wound because you just plant your flag on it, that strap, and that ability is quite cool. Yeah. Um, all around, just those blocks are so hard to shift. If you don't have dedicated anti-custode shooting, this is one of the few armies that actually like survived the combat Or fiends or obliterators. Yeah, or Tau. Nudge, nudge. Uh, yeah. 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 Those kind of armies. Guards. Or guard. Guard yeah. indirect with damage free. Also is good. Ideally, guards still want to go first in that matchup to get the thing. And obviously, having two advanced yeah. charge squads is annoying, but the double slowdown or the multiple slowdowns is a lot easier to help play those blocks. But then again, guards will probably lose primary pretty badly. So in certain missions, even if the Custodes don't get there. They're probably still getting points. Like it's not guard is definitely not twenty nilling it, but it's yeah. definitely putting it under a lot of damage. Uh, all round great so list. You were saying this is an army made more for attacking. What would you attack with it? Like try to attack, say, marines, necrons, thousand sons. Yeah, but to be honest, it's. It depends. So you can use it in different ways. Custodes seems to be quite the versatile list. Because we found if you if your custodes picked a really heavy table, they could play knights. Especially if you have the guard. Because like it's not that difficult to take the objective back. 
and then anything you actually run into with four reels to wound. So yeah, it's not it's not a great time for knights. Um, when they can't, when you pick a heavy yeah, enough yeah. table that they I, can't. I think knights in general cannot play into custodies. Not really, no. On the yeah. on the super light board, and if they took three big knights, maybe like Canis is a massive problem for custodes. But then a lot of people didn't take Canis, even though he's yeah. arguably the best knight, in our, my opinion, anyway. But yeah, custodes seem to be. I would imagine anything else that needs to fight for board control, it's going to have a good chance into it because it out combats. I would argue the best combat army in the game. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's even arguing. close. Is it is yeah. just the best combat army in the game? I'd say Wraith Guard pre nerf with the best combat unit in the game. Yeah, okay, shooting sure. you. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, other than that, yeah, custodes. Uh, I would put it into predominantly any of the infantry. I think it's pretty good into Death Watch. You can push that pressure on them. It's pretty good. Thousand Suns to the same extent. Yeah, Thousand Suns is a bit more techy. Again, both. Players have to make no mistakes because Thousand Suns have a thousand tricks. But that mortal defense is a lot of the Thousand Suns damage. Um, makes for flamers, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, it'll, it has the capabilities of basically drawing with most things. GSC doesn't love GSC, doesn't love Eldar. No. But it can still kind of play Eldar a little bit. Depends on the Eldar list. I mean, if you are defending with this army and somebody attacks with Eldar, you will just take Eldar for the team. Yeah, because it's probably going to so. be more points than you can get elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. And you're, like, fine with it if the other attacker is not an army that you can score points reliably against. So, for sure. Yeah. So, like, if if you defended with Custodis and they attacked with Eldar and GSC, I would usually probably take Eldar. Yeah, I'd take the Eldar. So yeah, then another spicy take mm. when it comes to armies, which I you said when we talked that you guys were very close to actually taking it. It's orcs, which has two beast bosses, one weird boy, and then has one, two, three squads of beast saga boys, mm -hmm. three uh Three or four That's squads of boys regular squad. boys, mm -hmm. something like and that. and then they have six trucks, yeah, and trucks. and three big trucks, and then some <laughs> gretching, like twenty gretching, and two mag guns, three mag guns actually, and fifteen storm boys. So this is an army that I think has the most shit on the board out of all the armies in the game. Yeah. You have like 50-point vehicles that are dedicated transports, which, which are insane. So this allows you to actually play kind of a game that if you go first with this kind of an army, you can just push your opponent off the markers, and you have so many layers of units on the marker that it can be very difficult for your opponent to actually kill that, mm -hmm. to get rid of that marker. You can even go for like, if you know for a specific matchup that they will not have as many shooting activations on a given marker. You can not even attach like a character to a unit and just put it in a truck next to the boys. Yep. So somebody needs free activations to kill the truck with all the units inside. 
So yeah. I, I think a lot of armies can... This is another army that I would say is comparable to Greynads in the sense of being really good when it comes to playing missions. Mm -hmm. And very putting good. a lot of pressure. And I think this army will also be very dependent on going first. Because still, nine tracks is a lot of footprint. Yes, hard to hide. Yeah. So, your take, your takes on the army? Yeah, it's it's very very good at scoring. I think the reason it maybe didn't make a lot of people's top eight is when you look at its matrix, it's a lot of low. It's a lot of draws, small wins, small losses. It doesn't necessarily. It's like it a cog block. Yeah, it doesn't give you answers for a lot of armies. Like, it's not going to give you an answer for Custard. It's not giving you an answer for GSC, Eldar, those kind of armies. I it's think like... into Castles, it can still try to play. Like, it's not an answer, but yes, it can play. True. Uh, it's kind of one of those... Uh, actually, we found it difficult into Custodes because if the Custodes go first to take the primaries, then you would very Oh, yeah, you never them. take it back. Yeah. 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 Sure. So it, it, that was a bit too dicey of a turn roll. But it was... The Orcs, we felt, did score really well. And if you've got a really good Orc player, they are good. And they can put a lot of pressure on you. And it seemed like one of those lists, trying to compare it to something else, but you were probably going to have... You are going to pretty much get tabled by turn four, turn five. Yeah. But you scored so like many points. I Necrons in ninth at some point. Yes. I, I, yeah, sure. But we were scoring. For sure, yeah. But it's good otherwise. Yep. Yeah. So how, how do you plan to use it in pairings? I think this is another army that you can throw into like say Eldar and say, cool, you as an Eldar player, you have two elite units. You mm. might not be able to kill enough units in a turn, and I have 30 of them. So yes. I will survive until you table me, and by that point I hope to grab enough points. So and I think it also is meant to play into some gun lines. Mm -hmm. can do. I, I think it can just rush, say, guard, Tau. I think also like armies like Nids that just want you to be slower and not tie them up and kill, be in their deployment zone can also suffer a little bit from such pressure. Mm -hmm. So... I think there's a lot of play. I wasn't myself expecting this army to pop up, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how they actually use it. I don't think it's necessarily bad. I think this is another army that you think about in that last spot, yes. and you consider yeah. it amongst other armies like Nits or Tau, for example. Like Those armies you can just consider for this one spot. So Yeah, like... For us, that came down to it was Nids, IK, or Orcs. And it was just Nids one out for us. Yeah. But it was close. It was close. We did like it. We have a dip. We had, uh, one of our coaches, Tom, is a dedicated Orc player. Very, very yeah. good Orc player. And it was performing well. But when it... And he was doing well at an event. But when it was going into maybe some of the more top armies, it wasn't bringing back necessary enough points. So it ended up being... It'll get points out of most things, but was it really beating a lot of things? Does that do much for you in the Matrix? Because no, the no. other problem we had sometimes with it was, okay, it can draw against a lot of stuff, we'll put it forward. And then the opposing team goes, here's our worst two armies that have their awful Matrixes. Yeah. 
and it was kind of oh okay we're actually taking out positive matchups for the rest of the armies and they just go actually the orcs only still got 10 out of it it's like oh okay that's that's actually not that useful in pairings then yeah yeah but there must be a reason why they have it also if you look at it canada has nearly the same list mm -hmm. And they, I know for a fact, they played the screen match before the list submission, where Canada was convinced about this army choice. So mm -hmm. I think there must be a merit, and I'm looking forward to actually spying a little bit of that army and actually seeing how they they want to use it. Then we have well, <laughs> no. the one that we do not mention, which yeah. is Eldar. I think we can just point out choices. It's Eldar with Incarn. Fire Prisms, Night Spinner, Hornet, two times Shadow Spectres, War Walkers, two times Warp Spiders, and Ref Knight. So this list doesn't have Rave Guard. It actually went for Fire Prisms. Yeah. And a Hornet, because that's actually equivalent point wise. And I yeah. think it's just Eldar. I think this army needs five layers of nerves before it stops being absolutely fucking broken. Yeah, it's like if you're taking the young calm, fire prisms are probably a more useful choice sometimes because it lets you kill something from the deep range and then pop the young calm up turn one. Night spin is fantastic for loads. So, uh, all Eldar's fantastic. Yeah, it's a little sure. bit deal with the young calm if you can, deal with the wraith knight if you can. The rest of it's quite squishy, but it's maybe you've just lost too much by that point. And this is quite MSU, lots of fast stuff. Loads of Shadow Spectres, loads of Warp Spiders. Yeah. Standard. Yeah. I don't think we need to focus on Eldar. That army, as long as you don't put it into GSC or Eldar Mirror, you should be fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, or you do not let your opponent's weakest army be paired into them. Yes. But then again, if you get a 20, you get a 20. It's not. It's, yeah. 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 So now for the, if I'm correct, last army, which is Nids. Yes. Yeah. So they have a different take on Nids that I think, well, I think all of the Nids lists are actually like quite different to an extent when you look at them. Mm -hmm. They have Hive Tyrant with five up Phenopane, Neuro Tyrant, Old One Eye, two times Biovores, two Carnifexes with only shooting weapons. That are led by the old one eye. I assume. Okay. Why? Why would you otherwise? Yeah, interesting choice. Uh, then you have exocrine, two yeah. lictors, one maleceptor, three single pyrovores, one trigon for that three-inch rapid ingress, mm -hmm. and two tyrannofexes are who are just a tanky that can try and stay on the marker. So yeah. Nits, I, I think the best army when it comes to playing fixed secondaries in the game. Can do, yeah. And they are sometimes because yeah. But Biovores actually give you the fact that mines allow you to do the secondaries mm. actually is what makes I think Nits more viable and also the fact that mines deny advancing actually lets you play that one mine behind the ruin and force opponent to have less movement. It can be a problem for certain armies that want to push you more 
because I think this is the biggest problem for Nets. They don't have that much damage output as an army. So you can build them to have more damage output, like with triple maleceptors, etc. But their damage output is quite limited compared to like other top armies. So I think they might suffer from someone trying to be more aggressive against them. This army can handle it a little bit more with Tyrannophexes, who are quite resilient. It's still two up safe, minus one damage. Mm -hmm. If you do not have dedicated anti-tank weapons, it's harder. But I think when you look at this army, it looks like somebody was trying to massively tack into Custodes. And I don't know what's your take on it. Because yeah, the... Like, old Stink Eye... Carnifexes, uh, no. Old One Eye with minus one damage that Tyrannophexes with minus one damage suddenly becomes a little bit more problematic for Castodes, with those units actually having, like, okay shooting into Castodes. Mm. I mean, the only difficulty he's going to have, though, is even if you're minus one damage, if he's on the primary, you're not taking him off, because you, he's yeah. not taking the, the damage output. Like, Nids can actually, if you have enough screening, but then enough damage. Exocrines, Malceptors, and uh, zone folks actually add a yeah. pretty decent amount of damage against quite a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so if you're able to like slow them down enough, again using things like spore mines, so they're not advancing into you, it gives you a couple of turns to take things. You're having to deal with the gargoyles who are not in this particular list, but you're having to deal with gargoyles and lone operatives. I know I'd imagine the Australian list if he's doing well what Eric was doing at that event recently. Put a lone operative at the back of the objective and then swarm the front of it and your opponent actually just doesn't get onto it and then you're also not in 12 inches of the lictor. So then it becomes yeah. a, well, I've still got the primary and you haven't killed the lictor. So I've lost a gaunt unit. Oh, who cares? Um, this list is, it's interesting. When I first saw it, I was trying to figure out what he's doing with it. He's got no gaunts, no gargoyles. Two lone ops is pretty useful. But yeah, yeah the, the offensive output is meh. I think the main thing when I looked at Nits was the fact how good Gargoyles are at taking away primary. I think they are like the best unit in the game yeah. with 18 plus D6 movement for that one. So not having any of them is certainly a choice mm -hmm. because they are also a good screening unit with bigger bases, bigger footprint and 18 plus D6 movement. You can actually even sometimes try to block someone in their deployment zone. Flat six, actually. They can just go 24. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and also the nice thing is the deep strike, shoot something, move six, take an objective. Yeah, it's like our oh, gargoyles are amazing, they're phenomenal. So, uh, this is a choice that they don't have it. I know that yeah. it's Sean Naden, he actually must have a reason for this specific version. Yeah, so, we cannot deny that. Do you have like any other ideas how they plan to actually use it in pairings? Because I think this is another army that just is. Like, if opponent cannot kill monsters with minus one damage, they will struggle. Because, True, yeah. Because two times feel no pain from the Tyrant, suddenly you have one Tyrant effects on the marker with feel no pain, DN, another Tyrant effects on the marker with feel no pain, and you there's just so many wounds to go through. True, it's just whether you have the issue of your opponent is also tough enough that they're just taking the objective off you. 
without the gaunt screens and other such things, if a custode unit or even death watch unit, what a Tyranifex is OC four, OC six, like I think five. Yeah, so it's, it's it's three dudes. Yeah, and it's it's like the flamer is decent. It's pretty good. The, the but they're not. They've got nothing in combat. Uh, you can Overwatch with them, which is pretty useful because you auto hit. The problem a little bit is also like the the auto hit and torrent actually doesn't play into most of the nil abilities. You're not getting the auto wounds. You're not getting the extra hits. Uh, Neuro tyrant interesting. I thought Neuro tyrant had a nine inch synapse anyway, so I thought I think synaptic linchpin isn't doing a lot. Uh, I don't think it adds three inches. I thought it just gave you a nine inch, but maybe I'm mistaken. Um, Neuro Tyrant's a nice tech choice. Actually makes that um, the one use only Shadow the Warp very useful. And I think Shadow Warp's quite good because you don't use it in the Battleshock phase. Use it at the any phase you want. So they can't use the strat to actually auto-pass a yeah. thing. You I saw use it out things. of the Battleshock step, so you yeah. cannot deny it. Yes, which is actually useful. It's what CK wished they had. Um, yeah, the, I've seen a couple of people use the Neuro Tyrant with Death Leaper, because if he runs into the middle of the army, you get another minus one, which is kind of nice, but it's situationally useful. I think Battleshock is not actually a rule that is very impactful in the game. They mess up morale every edition. It's it's usually pretty useless, or it kills so much that people just don't take big units, so what's the point? Yeah. Or armies that just ignore it anyway, so... Yeah, they've never got morale good since 4th, 5th edition. 5th was okay. But yeah, they never get morale correct. Battleshock's basically pointless now. Yeah. And something to bank on anyway. Sorry. In this army, I think the things that I'm wondering is playing only two Bioverse is also a choice. I find with their only four wounds, they are susceptible into indirects that opponent might have. Sure, yeah. So playing free with how much you need those mines for scoring and actually all the tricks you do with the army, I find being very useful, but it might be only me from the games I played with the army. Yeah, in this list, because he hasn't got any gaunts and he hasn't got any gargoyles. I would have maybe taken the third Pyrovore if you could. And triple Pyrovores also look like he was trying to get the ignore cover on his shooting yes. to some extent. Yeah. Like that's, we've got one singular. So if somebody, it hides, somebody runs into you, you can go that block, take five monsters. Or you can play it from reserves. And like... Yes. Play it from reserves. You can play, they're all pretty useful. They're a little bit on the slow side. Only movement five, so then becomes a little bit annoying to do some actions sometimes, but they are just generally useful. Trigon, obviously, rapid ingressing three inches away naturally. Pretty useful. It is. Rapid ingress three inches is very powerful. It's powerful. But then it just didn't, it doesn't do a whole lot of damage. Uh, it's not yeah. crazy survivable, and it's not crazy high OC. So we played it, and it's like, it's really useful. It's a nice tech choice, but. For 180 points, it was difficult to justify sometimes over like especially when you compare it to, for that price. You have nearly six zone tropes, right? Yeah, that is six zone tropes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
so it's difficult. But then I I still love Nids. I think they're fantastic. But obviously they're getting the new codex soon, so I'm not buying the army fully. Um, and too many new models. Yeah, they'll be all new models. So I, when it comes to, in general, the team composition, I think I rate this one personally as top three team comps at the event from seeing them and actually like thinking about them, including England and Poland, not biased at all. Uh, hmm. And I, I really like it. I think there are some choices, but hmm. this is the point where I throw some shade. They <laughs> are a team that had access month earlier. Yes. Not USA everyone should. in their team. Hmm. Not every... And let's not lie to ourselves, not only them had, everyone from Art of War had, so mm -hmm. maybe it didn't necessarily translate as much into, say, you guys or Australia, but one of each of your players actually also had Art of War NDA. So yeah. it might not, not have been shared, I'm not implying anything, but mm -hmm. the fact that uh, you have a team that had a head start, even though there were like balance changes, that also changed a lot or like rule changes FAQs, it still means that I'm curious whether sometimes it's not like you go one step too far with your army lists and team composition because you had more time to figure out the meta. So you went that step too far. So mm -hmm. I'm curious uh, how they perform. I think this is from the armies and teams I will be looking the most forward to actually watching the GK and Orcs perform because, and I think we all share the same sentiment that we are rooting for like those niche armies to actually perform well. Oh, definitely. But what's your take on the team comp and like the idea? How, how do you? It's nice that they've taken some it? other options. Definitely. Like it's nice to see the Orc army and it's a very good Orc army. Like it's, it's pretty much up there with what you would take with Orcs. Um, because they went down the more MC. I've seen versions that had maybe the two knob units, so it gave you a bit of counter assault. Uh, or like yeah. the flash bits that are very expensive when you buy them with bad rook, yeah. etc. Yeah, they're nice, but again, they're expensive. Um, I don't feel that they have a fantastic Nid army. It's good, and he's a very good player, so he will do well. But I'm struggling to see maybe its role in pairings a little bit more. They haven't taken some of the maybe more prolific armies that everyone else has taken didn't take thousands they sons. don't have thousand sons yeah which is a big which is very surprising yes but they are they were an auto include for a lot of our yeah. a lot of teams um i think for us it was like the third choice yeah they were our fourth or after elder and gsc like yeah yeah that was, that was pretty much the because same because with marines you actually had some thoughts of what you do but with thousands sure. as you were like snap yeah, they've got a good Death Watch list. I'm surprised it doesn't have the indirect, but I get what they're also trying to do with it. Um, I'm guessing it's trying to outmuscle other infantry-based armies and also push things back, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I think they have some very good lists. I don't think they have the strongest team that they could field. I know they're missing a couple of super key players uh, that they've had who've done very well in previous years. Granted, they should always be favourites because they have a certain amount of degree of knowledge ahead of time. Ahead of time. Um, 
But yeah, I would expect them to definitely get out of their group with three wins. I don't think they have any yeah. issue with that. They also got like a easier group, not to yeah, they, the other teams. No, no, but uh, they should relatively comfortably get out of that. Whether they've got enough, say, smash lists to then carry them. The Eldar isn't super, it's not as smashy as, say, other lists are. Yeah. It's a little bit more MSU, so maybe it's a they all look like they're all kind of, bar maybe the GSC and the CSM, they're all like good techie armies that all have something to do everything in every pairing, which is what made me maybe think the Custodes is a little bit more prey because they have the other armies to take the slack of being put forward or whatever. You can see that Death Watch yeah. army going forward. You can see that Orc army. You can see that Nid army going forward potentially yeah. with board choice. That it allow the Custodes to pray, it'll allow the CSM to pray, it'll allow the Eldar and GSC to pray a little bit more. They might be going for like a standard pairing approach with putting Custodes, GSC, and Eldar into last armies. Yeah, fully the, the end of pairings. Yeah. And just use, probably have a plan with like the remaining five armies somehow to actually navigate the beginning of the pairings, mm -hmm. because that's a way a lot of teams actually try to do the pairings. Just to front load the bad armies that have niche choices and make sure they get their points and then try to navigate the bottom four, which can be very swingy at random at the same time. Mm -hmm. So there, there might be issues with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering because they changed their approach with the team and mm -hmm. grabbing new people, whoever actually like newer faces will succumb to the pressure to some extent. Yeah. And not being able to play that much into non-USA players in their own world, it might be also like a culture shock. I, I do know they played a lot of TTS, but I do not think playing international TTS translates necessarily to international on-board on gameplay. So I'll be looking out... Obviously, I'm not cheering them. I do not want them to win. So, no. hashtag US match stopped. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have only two teams I do not want to win, and I'm sorry, Nathan. One of them is England. Yeah, we get that every year. Silly colonials it's don't a... want us to win. Uh, I don't think Poland is colonial. <laughs> no, not to you guys, no. The rest of them. There's yeah, a great. I mean, the Commonwealth Scottish trying person. to fight back. Yeah, nobody likes us. I don't know why. We're all lovely. But yeah, I get it. You want to go that way? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think they are, we cannot lie to ourselves. They are contenders. They have some weird army choices, but I think every team will have some weird army choices when measured by other teams. Mm -hmm. We have Tau. You guys went with also guard nets and CSM, right? Not having Necrons on your team. US, Australia doesn't have uh, Castellis and Space Marines. Mm -hmm. So all of the top dogs that you mentioned have some choices that you are not really sure of. So I don't think yeah. we can scoff at any team necessarily. Like France Definitely has not. Black Templars. And I think with the level of those players, you can assume there is a method to the madness. Mm. Because even like the worst player in any of those teams is probably like... A their worst player translated to four 
like the win or lose system is probably like for one player. And yes. that's maybe yeah. one or two of them. And the remaining ones can win a GT. So yeah, they're all bent for those listening who do not necessarily know the teams as well. So the skill is usually insane. And I'm really... And there's one thing that I'm really happy with actually USA when it comes to their team selection, etc. That they changed their processes from how they've done it previously. And they've yeah. made it more about trying to build a team instead of taking a team of single players, which sure. I think even if this is like the first year they do this, even if they do not succeed, I think it gives a great groundwork for the next years when they actually insource more of a newer faces and new blood into the team rather than the only celebrities. Yeah, eight singles players usually don't win ETC. It's very difficult to do that because... There's too many egos. There's too many. Usually they're they're usually ranked because half of them are using the same army. So then when you have to start playing the niche armies or they only play singles meta, they just don't do well at teams. And I think one of the things that will do quite well for the USA is they have taken some weird lists. So then when it becomes time to we're practicing for the event, I've got to go. Oh, do I need do I need to play two three games into this GK list or this orc list? when my coach is not a great orc player or isn't a great GK art player, when I probably need to play Thousand Suns because everybody else has got Thousand Suns. I need to play Custodes because everybody else has Custodes. It, it's, it's diminishing returns sometimes when you end up playing these weirder armies and they end up scoring more points because people play them who've never played them before, yeah. against them before. So they have that... Against that yeah. good level because you cannot assume that your sparing partner is playing on the same level as a guy who was playing that GK list for 30 games. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I think that can be the closing note. And on the next episode, I think we'll be touching on Aussies mm. because we don't want to go into Poland and England to not spill any of our <laughs> secrets, but we are completely fine spilling secrets of others. That is the so, plan. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks, thank you very much, Nathan, for actually recording one <laughs> video this time. Thanks, guys. Yeah. And if you have any questions, I think we might be able to try and squeeze in more episodes except Aussie. So if you have any team except Poland and England, mm -hmm. we can try to give our insights about it. So thank you for listening and see you in the next one. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.